Welcome to the Building to Scale podcast, where we bring real entrepreneur stories that showcase the challenges and successes in building and scaling an entrepreneurial business. Our host, Jeff Chastain, is a business transformation coach with Admentis, where he coaches business leaders and their teams with a proven set of principles and tools helping them gain clarity in and get more of what they want from their business. Make sure to stick around until the end of the show and we will reveal how you can become our next guest. Welcome everybody, Jeff Chastain here with another episode of the Building the Scale podcast where I just have the the opportunity and the pleasure really to speak with different business entrepreneurial business leaders here, just hearing their stories, their challenges, because we've heard common themes through the the podcast of of different business owners and and challenges they've run into, but everybody's got their own own little unique story here. So today's guest with me here is Jim Treister with Digital Navigator here, and Jim, I probably, I would say you, you can clarify that a lot more than I can or put a lot more detail around that, but welcome to the show and thank you for, for taking a few minutes out today to come talk with us. Of course, Jeff. Thanks so much. I look forward to sharing. So tell us a little bit more about what you got going on these days with, with Digital Navigator and everything else. Well, if we're just about talking about today, we got a lot going on today. <laughs> yeah. So anybody who's an entrepreneur listening to this, you know, it changes sometimes on, on a daily basis, but on a weekly basis, it's so essentially... I'm one of two partners in our business. I own 50% of the Digital Navigator um, International Corporation, and I manage the the U.S. um, essentially subsidiary here in the States. I'm based in Texas, and um, we're a digital um, agency. We're full service. Um, Our market is independent businesses um, around the world. Majority of our um, business comes from course providers, so that's people who provide education online. So if you think about a university online, they provide live courses and recorded courses, and their subscription and base is the majority of our clients. Um, and they're around the world. We have people actually selling everything from piano lessons online, been in business since the 80s, all the way up to spiritual courses to financial education is one of our biggest clients doing actually over a thousand page website. Then we have the next segment that we provide to, which is about 30% of our business is the hospitality business, which is where I come from. I was in the restaurant business for 16 years. So it's like wineries and hotels and butchers and um, ice cream wholesalers and folks like that around the country, even a dairy up in Iowa that's been in business over 150 years. You know, many times they're just looking for basics um, like e-commerce site or just a basic 10 page site. Um, and then the rest is just people that we like to work with. And we call that our, our most fun vertical. You know, we're at a point now that we make enough money. We can choose who we want to work with. So that's like we have a gentleman out in Missouri. He owns six gymnasiums. Is it going to expand to 100? Um, so we're implementing SEO for him, his website, campaigns, the whole nine yards. And we have a local psychologist here in Dallas and financial advisory group. And it's just, um, we're very fortunate to be at this place. Last year, we grew by six times. So as I shared with you on a previous call in preparation for this podcast, focuses on building infrastructure this year. And again, continue to implement systems is really what we're focused on at this time. Yeah, well, that's interesting. So Tell us a little bit more about from an entrepreneurial kind of standpoint, how did you go from, obviously, I think you said Brinker and, and 7-Eleven before big corporate America to now saying, let's go start an entrepreneurial kind of small business realm here. What, how did you make that transition or what was what was kind of the genesis of that? Yeah. So depending on the day you ask me that question, I'll say by fate or by accident. But the short story is I actually left corporate world to go teach because that was my goal when I retired. So I started that around age 
44 or so, I'm 56 now. And on why I was teaching, this is about 2007, 2008, social media was just starting to bloom. In my classroom, I had a student up front, her name was Sarah, I'll never forget. And I had two rules in my class, don't be late to class. Other thing is do not text in class. Well, Sarah was sitting up front with her cell phone like this. I said, Sarah, why are you texting? You know the rules in here, straight A students. She says, Mr. Tracer, which is my last name, I'm not texting, I'm tweeting. I was like, What's tweeting? So the whole class explained to me what tweeting is. We talked about Facebook. This is like 2008, 2009. And um, people really just starting to get on. Um, fast forward, I decided to get a Facebook account and Twitter account. And as I always share with everybody, the best advice I can give to any teacher is when you're over 40 years old, don't try to be the cool teacher. So that didn't work out too good with the class. But I, I soon came across a gentleman by the name of Gary Vanichuk, who's very big today back in 2009, 2010. And he really made sense out of social media for me. He comes from retail as well too. And that's why it made so much sense. I'm like, wow, there's a way to drive sales with this. So I have a friend who's local here, still owns a restaurant. I asked him if I could do his social media for free. And um, he said, yes. And then the first month we were able to bring in Guy Ferrari from the Food Network. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. Back in the day on Twitter, around 2009 to 2011, you could reach out to celebrities and they would answer back to you. And um, I just, it was just so easy. And then next month we had an NBA player from the Mavericks come in. And again, it was just about reaching out on Twitter. And that's what I had done my whole life in the restaurant business to drive sales. And even at the college, I was running a hotel and restaurant program and we grew the sales by seven times after three, after the first three years. And it was all about building relationships. And I soon realized that social media was about building relationships to drive sales. And that's the way I've always driven sales. But it was social media was on steroids. Fast forward, I left the university world, created my own business. I fell in love with it because there's so much learning and it really fit my personality. Spent two or three years just kind of trying to understand what does it mean to be in business for yourself? I made a lot of mistakes along the way and still am today. Fast forward about six, seven years later, I met my business partner at a convention down in Austin, Texas. He's um, a real genius, a guy who comes from Ernst & Young. Um, he understands the whole developer technical world. He literally is a genius. And um, I really enjoy the, the customer service sales um, human resources side. So I, I run that side of our, our business and he runs the, all the folks with research and development and, um, and as well as the developers um, as well too. So um, fast forward, um, we decided to partner about a year and a half ago. We were sharing 33 customers and then we, we, we got so busy. Um, like I shared last year, we, we built our sales by six times over the previous year. We couldn't even sign our own agreements until December. So we're just wrapping up the legal process this past February and, um, and just really excited about what we got going on. Um, what we're really passionate about is helping independent businesses out there. And it's all about driving sales for them um, at the end of the day. And I love that because you're making a difference, not just for the business, but anybody who's listening, who's independent business, you know, it's not just about being successful in your business. You're making a difference for your family and you're also living your dream. So I find that really exciting versus working with the big corporations out there for what's worth. Yeah, no, I'm right there in that boat with you as well. I love working with that kind of vertical slice, that kind of industry slice right there. That it's, it's just, I've been through the the growing pains myself and in previous companies of trying to get there. So it's, it's, it's a passion, but I'm, I'm curious Obviously, being in the technology industry, like you said, social media, early days, yeah, you can reach out and have yeah. anybody respond versus now. What's that transition kind of been like, obviously, from a, a business services standpoint? Because, yeah, talking about 2007, 2009, a lot's changed in uh, 10, 12 years, if I can sit here and do the math real quick in my head from a technology standpoint. So how, do you, how have you seen that from a business perspective or how have you adapted from a, a business perspective with that? 
Yeah. So let me start off with saying, you know, one of our models internally, and I share it with prospects all the time, and we talk about it in an orientation with our own team members, is what you do offline, you do online. So it's still about building relationships. And, you know, so many people, just like back in 2009, 2010, Gary Vanichuk, one of the first things he shared on his um, podcast is, um, you know, it's not about the technology, it's about this right here in heart. And nothing's changed. And everybody thinks it's about the technology and changing technology is not. So we talk about nurturing relationships. We have a nine step process and starting off with like awareness, engagement, and then asking for the contact information. So like we talked on our first meeting, um, Jeff is about first provide value. You know, it's the same thing. We, we use the analogy of dating and kind of makes it fun in this with a sales prospect. It's like, man, most people out there, they won't ask you to get married on the first date um, when they come to the website. So we're like, hey, no, give value as much value as you can. Then as somewhere along the lines, make it such a compelling offer that they can't refuse if it's the right um, target prospect. So, and then we continue nurturing relationship and um, providing goodwill and caring for people. For us, we feel like that's a differentiator. And going back to my days in the restaurant business, driving sales, it was always about that. If you're going to beat the competition, yeah, you might have a great product, great service, but at the end of the day, it's going to be about that relationship one-on-one, right? And um, remembering your kids' names and remember this. And I can tell you 10 things that I think about several clients right now uh, about them. So, you know, it's the same thing they need, our clients need to do on, on behalf of their own clients as well, too. We try to teach them. With that said, on the technology side, we're really focused on measuring every step of the process. For us, that's a real big differentiator from the time somebody finds one of our clients on the search engine, all the ways to time they go visit their website. How long are they spending on that page? Where, where are they traveling on that page? And why do we want to know that? So we put the button um, if they want to download a webinar or a free um, infographic. So we put the button in the right place. And I'll give you a good example of a local um, ice cream wholesaler, multi-million dollar one here in Plano, Texas. I'll say the name after our podcast if you want. But we found that 85% of the people who were coming to his contact form were actually leaving it. And um, so what we had to do is keep on optimizing. But if we weren't measuring that particular metric, we would have never known. You know, so many people out there are gaining great traffic. Sometimes it's not quality or sometimes it's quality. But at the end of the day, what we deliver is actually conversions. And that's what most of our prospects have worked with other agencies. That's what they're most frustrated about is they've spent a lot of money. They're not getting conversions. And it's usually either the agency they're dealing with doesn't measure every aspect and every single step of the process um, that the of the journey that the prospect's taking with their particular client and or they don't know how to actually look at the metrics um, properly. No, and it's, it's really key there on the measuring side because I, I know I've been there myself and see plenty of people that are plenty of times before this, like specifically from a marketing perspective, you can go dump all this money into social media and the website and the webinars, like I said, all this stuff. And if you don't all of a sudden, well, we're not seeing the return on it. We're not seeing any sales. Like, okay, which one of those systems is not working? Where is the breakdown? It's like, if you don't have the numbers, if you don't have the data there and it goes into all aspects of business to me, it's like, okay, just because profitability is down, why is it down? Is it because you don't have the right people? Is it because you're right. not in the right market? Is it because your process is broken? If you're not tracking that kind of stuff in business, you're flying yeah. blind, basically. I agree. And I'd just like to add one um, tip for people listening. And just to share with you folks who are listening, if you're spending money on a campaign with an agency you've hired, we always advise don't spend more than $500 on the first campaign because that's enough money to spend to just gather data to make to optimize a campaign for the next um 
um, um, promotion. And I'll give you folks an example. We have a client that's spending $14,000 um, a month with us on campaigns, but we started her off at 500. She wanted to spend with that with us from the beginning, but the answer was no to them. We make more money when she spends more money, but that would have been the wrong thing to do. Spending $500 we can collect enough data over four weeks that we can continue to optimize that campaign. And then, man, if she spent $100,000 today because we're running the fourth campaign with her, it's all predictable because it's all based on data back to your point. Um, Jeff, you know, something I didn't share earlier when you asked me questions about, hey, what's our day look like and stuff like that. And we're constantly, I, I should say, I should, a major focus myself is making sure that we're, we're developing metrics that make sense and not so many of them that, you know, they become wasted. You know, I found in the old, I used to be a financial analyst and so many times we, our group would create reports, but nobody would really use them. And generally, you know, I find that if there's two or three metrics for each particular thing that we're interested in optimizing, that's enough, except in the website world, we need to understand every step of that journey so we can optimize it. But offline, um, yeah, what you say, I'm such a big believer in it. And what I would add on as I was sharing with my business partner, Paul, the other day, you know, people do what they're rewarded for, but they also could be measured. And I think there's old saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is, you know, people do what they get measured for, or they get whatever's expected, right? Needs to be measured. And I think that's really important. I be, I'm a believer in that for what it's worth. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I, I always tie it back to the, the sales uh, rep or whatever that, okay, if you're measuring him on the number of calls he makes, the number of dials he makes every day, but what you really care about is the closed deals or the new leads, He's going to sit there and focus on, I'm going to get 30, 40 dials in today. I, I could care less what it actually turns into. They're measuring me on how many times I pick up the phone and call right there. So that's, to yeah. me, that's the perfect example of it, making sure that measuring yes, but also measuring the right things, because yeah. a lot of times we can put the wrong numbers out there, the wrong metrics and yes, sir. maybe have a warm, fuzzy feeling that, hey, all of our sales team is making enough calls. <laughs> But uh, it doesn't matter. They're, they're not getting the results kind of a thing there. You got right. to have your numbers tied into the results. So, yeah, it's it's a it's you got to have both parts for it, for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, I assume you agree. You always start with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey says. I think that comes from him. So it's like, what's the end result? So in our world, it's going to be conversions, which is another term in our world for sales. And I'm just laughing because we just had a, a monthly review with one of our clients in the past his previous agency drove a lot more traffic, but the sales are up as a result of us 26%. Um, so we're not driving as much traffic, but we're driving a lot more sales. And that's what matters. And after we had the conversation along the lines, what you were just sharing is like, yeah, that's what we hired you guys to do is to drive sales, not drive traffic, right? Yeah, because it doesn't matter how many clicks or how many impressions or whatever you get. If it's not actually going through and, and converting, it's so what at that point? So that's always the... Always the challenge, especially with social media, because I, I find that you can get a lot of a lot of exposure, a lot of a lot of clicks, a lot of impressions, kind of a thing, without having any results. And it's it's yeah. easy to burn a budget pretty fast that way. Yeah, yeah. And most agencies take that tact. I'll share with folks out there, and we call that the awareness stage. And um, and so first, people have to become aware of your business. The next step is engagement. And like I talk with all of our, we have a writing team of about eight writers. That's their job to make the writing when a client, when a prospect visits a client's page, they want to engage with it, with the information that our writers are providing our clients. And that's, a, you know, providing value, interest, and only then will a prospect of our client feel compelled to provide their contact information, whether it's a phone number, or email. And then we have to give them a little bit more. That's either, we call that the conversion stage. And a little bit more might be a free webinar is what we do with the digital navigator, or it might be a, a small 
on purchase of you know, say $5 or $7, continue to build that relationship um, for what it's worth. Yeah, so most agencies and most folks are just focused on awareness versus the whole journey. And again, we just look at just like dating. On the first date, you know, you make eye contact, become aware of each other. And then if you're a guy, at least in the world I live in, you provide some kind of values like, oh, and you take interest in another person, right? And then you might get the phone number, might get the phone number. If you don't get the phone number, you got to provide some more interest. And that might be some more goodwill. And then you get the phone number. The next step is maybe you go out and have a, a snack. The next time is that you're getting along. She's excited. And then you move on and might have dinner together. But you don't offer to get married and see each other's family the first day. And that's a mistake that most agencies we find uh, make out there. And they just don't know um, for what it's worth um, too. Well, I, th- I think really, honestly, with the, especially the smaller type business that it's, we're looking at such small time frame of we got to have more clients now we got to have more clients now and it's you got to look at the bigger longer term picture both in terms of client acquisition but even in terms of a business kind of a thing there that it, yes. it just seems like the smaller the business the more uh focused on today that you are not necessarily on the longer picture here and saying okay what, what are we going to what's our longer term strategy what's our longer term plan here rather than just say okay how many how many leads can i go buy right now how many how many right. what database can i go buy right now and get it done exactly yeah we have, yeah i agree with you and i just I, I have so much commentary and i also want to share with folks that are listening you know this isn't the only way this is what we found to be successful in long term for us is 8 months and so for example if we're offering F- seo strategy we always share with folks out there we do not expect you to be generating leads for 8 months and there's some technical reasons that have to do with the search engines around that so anybody who's listening, please be aware of anybody who says they're going to be able to drive you leads with SEO right away. It just doesn't work like that. And then on the short term, there are some things you can do. But if you're, if you're a brick and mortar store uh, or retailer, I should say, what I always share with them is, man, the relationship starts inside your store. We're, and we have a, for, I'll give you an example of a retail that's local here with us, Jeff. And um, anybody who's listening, both Jeff and I live in DFW area. And, um, you know, I, I said to her, um, Teresa, that, hey, we're not going to revolutionize your business overnight, but you sure can. If you start building a relationship offline, shaking hands and smiling and talking with them about their baby, then you get their contact information. They're going to be reading our, the emails we generate for you all the time. Um, that's the best tactic if you're brick and mortar uh, from our point of view for what it's worth. Um, for short term can make a difference, but it starts with shaking hands. And that's a beauty that brick and mortars have. Um, it's still, to me, it's a leverage point that they have over online today. Uh, it definitely is. But even still with online, I think there's there's definitely ways to do that. But yes, I agree completely. It's it's a lot of it's built on relationship that the the marketing out there is, is awareness. But still, like you said, it's very few businesses are going to complete sell that way without ever having any kind of interaction, at least like us with professional services. It's There's got to be interaction to it. There's got to be a conversation. There's got to be a relationship built there that I'm, it's the ones I, it always gets me the, the people that contact me on LinkedIn. Hey, I'm going to get you 20 new coaching clients kind of a thing tomorrow. It's like, no, you're not. I, I, <laughs> all you're going to do is take a bunch of money here and then maybe yes. give me a, a couple of LinkedIn connections here. It's like it, this business just doesn't work that way. So yeah. and yes, I, yeah. I would expect yours is probably the same thing. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And we want to qualify all of our prospects as well to make sure they're a good fit for us. It's really important as well. So, we don't so, so you mentioned uh, this year looking at systems and a strategy. That's that's obviously one of those things that I typically work with, but that's obviously looking at, from to me, from a business perspective that, okay, again, looking beyond today, looking longer term, you've got to have some of this process, some of the systems. What, is that, what does that kind of mean in your world? What, what's the, 
what's the impetus for it and what's 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 your direction or the, the need you're looking at to, to solve there with it? Yeah, so the result that I intend to have, I was talking to my business partner again, his name is Paul. What I want to do is systemize everything that's not value added. And the majority of that's going to be stuff that's not involving us. We make the most money. We also enjoy ourselves. I'm talking about myself and my business partner. When we're having conversations like this with our clients, doing consults and and thinking of new ways for them to make money. And like the gymnasium owner um, who owns six gymnasiums in Missouri going to 100. I typically have an hour to two hour call with him a month. We don't, we're not charging them. I enjoy doing that. But in order for me to do that, many things got to be happening from a system standpoint in the background, right? Um, on automatic. And I'll give you an example. Today, I'll be doing interviewing, first round interviews for um, SEO specialists because we're growing so fast in that particular department. Well, you know, a lot of that could have been put on automatic, um, but we don't have that system in place, right? It's like I had to talk with my business partner and make sure that the job um, posting looks correct and on and on. And then who's going to answer back? And now it's flooding my email, you know, just those kind of things. It's like, that might just seem like minutes, but those minutes take away from the day, take away from me visiting with another client, take away from me adding additional value, right? So that's just one example um, for what's worth, but it's really, um, you know, we got to start somewhere. Something I learned many years ago, I used to run a bakery plant and um, I, somebody made me aware it was actually our quality assurance person's um, Six Sigma methodology, which is the whole methodology around, um, um, and to, uh, methodology around implementing systems. With that said is, I was like, so frantic. I didn't know where to start. And what I, best advice that he gave me is he says, start where you think it's going to make the biggest difference. And so we had probably about 30, 40 different um, production lines. And so I started with the biggest volume and it's like, yeah, that made sense. And we just move on to the next, the next, the next. So with us, it's going to start um, actually with the hiring process. We, we spend a lot of time with that. Um, I feel, I've always felt like that's the most important area that it's going to make the biggest difference for us, but we've got to systemize that. I should say I have to, because it's my responsibility. <laughs> I was getting ready to point the finger at somebody else, but it's actually my responsibility. Yeah, that's, that's, well, that's, that's, what, that's one of the challenges, obviously, of, of small business is that you are wearing a lot of hats. And it's yeah. when the, the other interviews I was doing the other day actually made the comments like it's not just three or four hats. It's 60 or 70 kind of hats right here. And it's, yeah. it's the other interesting part, because you're talking about processes and systems is that a lot of times you mentioned just the minutes per day or whatever. A lot of times, especially as business owners, we don't realize where we're spending all of our time. And then all of a sudden you get to the end of the day and it's gone yeah. kind of a thing there that yeah. one of the tools I actually work with people on is, okay, sit down and catalog your entire day for a week kind of a thing here. Spent five minutes on email, spent this. And what you'll see is one, a lot of broken up time that, okay, I was here and then I was here and I was here kind of thing. You're not organized and focused. And then two, like you said, you're spending a lot of your time on effectively administrative other stuff work that's not revenue producing or not the most profitable areas. And you'll look at that and say, wait a minute, I could, if nothing else, find a, a virtual assistant or something like that, hire more, whatever the case may be, but start really quantifying the data because it's that clarity that most people don't have. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I'm running all the time and I'm not getting anything done. Yeah. You don't really have clarity into what you're actually doing in your your day-to-day basis right there. And it's I see yeah. that with a lot of business owners. So it's it's a yeah. I would like to suggest, and this is just what pops up for me, because actually I'm coaching actually our other managers and our team. They just just to give some context, they don't have my background of managing people. And what I've learned is actually comes back to setting priorities. I feel like I'm always going to face this, you know, as we're growing, it's like this issue with hiring, 
it's actually, first of all, it's a good problem. It's a problem we didn't have a year ago because we weren't growing, right? So now I realize, now I got to make, is that a priority? Or is like, should I make the sales process or our consultation process uh, um, the focus of systemizing next? Well, the answer is the hiring process because we're going to be hiring like crazy this year um, because that'll make the biggest difference. I really like something I heard from somebody before and I'm not sure your feelings on this, how you guys approach it. It's like, what's the biggest domino we can knock over that will make a difference for all the other dominoes. And so that's why I prioritize hiring. We must have 50 other things I wish we could, we could systemize. But as you know, with a, even though we have 34 or 35 people today, and that's more than twice as much as last year, and I've taken so much off my plate, it's, there's always a trade-off with, with financing and developing people and priorities. But I think for me, I'd love to hear your feedback. It always comes back to myself asking, hey, what's that biggest domino that's going to make the biggest difference? And I've chosen um, hiring at this time, at least the next three weeks, to start systemizing. I'm not sure. What, what's your thoughts on how you approach it? No, it, it makes sense because you want to get the, the biggest bang for your buck right there. But at the same time, I would also caution people or, or dig into that a little bit further to say, okay, at the same time, I don't want to devote all of my energy into one big priority kind of a thing there. Whereas at the same time, if I could pick a, a medium level, you, you want to, it's, it's the, I'm trying to think what, how, how you do it, best describe it, like a, a diet or whatever. I want to go see one pound lost or two pounds lost. I'm not trying to get a hundred pounds off tomorrow kind of a thing. I want to see some of those incremental grains because if nothing else, just from the human nature that gets us excited, gets us working on it kind of a thing there. So whether that directly applies, but it's always one that I, in in some ways we do it both ways that I'll coach a, a company to say, okay, we need a pinnacle goal. We need the top of your mountain that you're trying to reach here in the next 10, 15 years but we're not going to put our sights solely on that. We've got to start backing that down and say, okay, what can we do in the next 90 days to get one step closer there? So it's while the hiring process may be the big goal, I would break that down and say, okay, what piece of that needs to be done better? Do we need to be doing better on job descriptions and posting? Do we need to be better on identifying what's the right market, et cetera, to better identify those people that match with our culture? So looking at while that may be the bigger picture goal, breaking it down to, okay, make sure we can do this in manageable chunks because most people, you put some big project, something like that in front of them, it's like instant paralysis. Like, okay, I don't even know where to start. You got to start backing that down and breaking that down. So yeah, definitely from a, a big picture, if that if that's where the, the biggest backlog is or the biggest bulk is, then yeah, no, no, no question, no issue there. It's always, hey, where can we get the biggest bang for it? But at the same time, doing that in, bite-sized chunks where hopefully we can start seeing some value here, some return on it sooner rather than waiting until the whole thing's done kind of a thing. So it's yes and no, if I get one of those answers. Yeah. I think there's some context around, you know, right. Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent for sure. What I like about what you say about bite-sized, I feel like sometimes when people also don't recognize is that the necessity to break it down to bite size, because when you're coaching, developing people, what many times we take it for granted of how easy something is to us. And we really got to break it down, especially when you're building systems is what I found in the past. And we, we create a lot of systems in this bakery plant I referenced earlier. And really, the more you can break it down, the better it is. And I, I hate to use this motto, but it's true. We always try to say, Back then, we want to break it down. My kid was in second grade back then, is we want to break it down so he can understand it. If we're doing that, then everybody can understand it, and it becomes an automatic feeder system is what we used to call it. It's the same thing with us, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely does. And I, my only thing there is I would say, that again, there's a balance in there because you can, to me, you can go too far with it that you're turning it into 
robots, basically, that, okay, we, we can get anybody there, anybody plug in to do it, which in some respects you do want, but at the other side, you want, hopefully you're hiring uh, the top level, A-level talent, kind of a thing there that you can afford. And I'd rather them come in here and bring in, honestly, their expertise that maybe I don't have and can improve upon that process. So there's got to be some some creativity to it. To me, it, it goes back to the sales kind of thing of, yes, we want new leads generated. If that's better for you to make 20 calls today and get those leads, or if that's better for you to go have coffee with 10 people and get those leads, I don't really care what your yeah. your, your method from going right. to point A to point B is, as right. long as we get A and B in there, give you the creativity to go between those two. So I always look at that from a process standpoint of, we don't need to go document every single wrench turn, every single whatever that goes into it kind of a thing. We need to hit the high level points of it to say, okay, give us the key value, the key return here and give you your flexibility in there to some degree match your personality, but some degree add your own flair to the process to say, okay, is there a better way? Is there a different way to do this? Because honestly, as business owners, we don't, we may like to think we do, but we don't know everything out there. So. Oh, that's for sure. Right. (laughs) Guaranteed. Yeah. The the faster you learn that, the more successful you're going to (laughs) be. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. That makes the best managers once they become humble and ask that question. Yeah, (laughs) no, it really does. I agree with you. Yes. So I was say I'm sitting here glancing at the clock. We're already running long on this one. I, I, I love having conversations, just getting to talk. But I um, always like kind of coming back with a standard kind of question just to say, hey, looking back over, I think you've been seven, eight years something now with, uh, or actually Digital Navigator was about a year and a half, but it was uh, eight or 10 years with the other company. What's kind of the, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, business leader standpoint, if you were to look back and say, hey, if I was to try this again, 10 years later, I might try this differently or do this differently from a, a lessons learned standpoint. Gotcha. So a couple of things pop up in my mind is um, just do it. You know, my, I didn't get started till age 45 or 46. And it's like, man, it is the most enjoyable journey. The other thing is, um, you know, trust yourself. You know, I, I, I think, I know, I, I wouldn't say think something I had to learn is I was looking outside myself for, um, justification sometimes because I was new as a business owner. I come from the corporate world. And um, man, most of the time, at least I find is I, I really just trust my intuition. Most people don't have the answers and I have a hundred examples of that. And the last thing what I see people doing big mistake is like I have a contact and she wanted to ask, kind of ask the same kind of question you just asked Jeff. And she says, well, if I do it for six months, and then um, we'll see how it goes. I said, no, it's not six months. I would be thinking five years, if not 10 years. And I found out there, and I'm, I assume this is true for many people, um, 10 years is kind of like the magic uh, mark is what I've heard where people really start hitting their stride. And I found that to be true. Maybe that became a self-belief um, that became justified um, for myself to take it slower. But that's what we found. We're literally going on our 11th years and we're just starting to burst at our seams, thankfully. So, yeah, it's really that. And, um, but I would like to leave some piece of advice I've given with a lot of people, if you don't mind, Jeff, you know, so many people out there feel uncertain about getting started or uncertain, hey, about this, or I made this mistake. What I share with so many people today, and and just need to be reminded is, man, all the resources are right at your hands. I'll give you an example, like Gary Vaynerchuk in 2009, 2010, I was literally tweeting him on Twitter, asking him questions. And then I went down to South by Southwest and I volunteered to spend um, six hours with him while he ran a booth um, down there. 
It's like everything's on Google today. Jeff's company's offering some, uh, I saw that free book, that download. There's just so much free resources out there. Somebody has the answer for you. You don't even have to pay for it today. It's beautiful, which is different than 20 years ago for what's worth. So you can do it. And I just say, everybody say, thank you very much for listening. And I wish everybody um, the very best and best of luck. And thank you, Jeff, as well, too, for the opportunity to speak with you. Oh, no, I appreciate it. And always, always appreciate the, the, the advice. And just like I said, the stories. So if uh, people are looking to get more information about you or about uh, Digital Navigator, what's the, what's the best resources these days to go find some more information there? I appreciate it. Well, they can always connect with me on um, the um, on LinkedIn at Jim Tracer. Um, but if for, again, the drive um, some value and provide goodwill, we have some significant amount of articles and webinars on our website, which is the digitalnavigator.com. There's a resource page there. You literally can just take it and run um, if you want. Um, otherwise, you can reach out to me from the digitalnavigator.com. Just reach out and say you want to talk to Jim. You heard me through Jeff's podcast here and be more than willing to help out. Just tell me you don't want to be charged and we'll spend 15 minutes. I'll just give you advice. It's my pleasure. Um, that's just the way we operate. No, I, I love it. Always, always giving back, always giving value there, right there with it. So I, I love that idea. And yeah, well, all the links will be right here below. So easy to sure. click on and, and find you there, but appreciate the time, appreciate the, the advice and the input there. And hopefully we'll be hearing the good things here moving forward with the company. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building to Scale podcast. If you would like to share your entrepreneurial business growth story, please visit buildingtoscale.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you do both us and our guest a favor and share it on your social media accounts? Don't forget to hit subscribe in your player so that you don't miss any future episodes and make sure to reach out to Jeff Chastain on any of the major social media networks or check us out at admentis.com.